Welcome back to another episode of the Dunkin' with Dom podcast. Michael, it's been a little bit, but it is good to finally have you on for another episode. Feels good to be back, man. Feels good to be back. Every time I do one of these, I get goosebumps, I get chills. I think I'm going to mess up. I'm excited, man. <laughs> well, honest, excited. honestly, today is an interesting episode because we haven't done an NFL episode, honestly, in a little bit. I think I did one for the NFL draft. And then with the NBA playoffs and free agency hitting up, we're taping this like three days before that begins. That's kind of taken the spotlight for now. But quietly, amidst all that time, there's been this huge story with Deshaun Watson and the uh, impact that has had on the NFL, on the Texans and the Browns, who are the two teams involved with Watson, on him himself, all the, the women involved with this situation. I think there's a lot to unpack with this. And I think my first question to you to kind of like set the stage and organize this, how do you, what were your kind of your instant reactions? Cause you're a huge Browns fans to a huge Browns fan to all of this breaking news with Deshaun Watson, this story just developing and kind of all the chaos that's unfolded in basically like the last two months. Um, before I answer that, and I just want to ask this as an aside before we get onto all the heavy stuff, was your, your last NFL draft or your last NFL episode was NFL draft. Was yeah. the one before that, um, John Gruden? Uh, no, but it was like around that time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I'm just trying to get the timeline on how the actual pod is doing in terms of football. Now the actual, you know, the <laughs> pressing one, the, the, what we came here to talk about, um, Yep, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, um, you know, a re- little refresher. I am a big Browns fan, big Baker Mayfield fan too. Um, so the signing of Deshaun Watson to the Browns is twofold. Because at the time, we didn't, we knew the severity of the Deshaun Watson's like allegations, but we didn't know the full extent of it. So... At the time, it was what two hundred thirty mil for five years, I believe, um, all of it guaranteed, and pretty sure all of it guaranteed. And it's it just on the actual signing alone, it meant a lot in terms of oh, what are the Browns now doing with Baker Mayfield? Um, how does Deshaun Watson, as a quarterback prospect, fit into the Browns organization? That's the football side of it and arguably the least important part of it, right? Um, uh, immediately after you get, uh, and honestly before, the, the, the football stuff is an afterthought at the end of the day, but before and, and you, because during the time, um, I believe it was the day of or the day after they held a press conference with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, where they talked about how they vetted um, Deshaun Watson had a bunch of interviews with people. They said they interviewed Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson obviously claimed any wrongdoing because, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it's they they claim they investigated it to a point where they felt comfortable sinking two hundred and thirty million dollars into an alleged an alleged sexual assailant. Um, before you know, I give my opinion on that move in terms of a business decision, it baffles me that more stuff came out after the signing for the sole purpose that if the Browns had done their due diligence and these other teams had done their due diligence, 
something would have leaked before. So this is complete ineptitude on every single organization, starting from the NFL, the Texans, the Browns, I think the Panthers were involved, trying to, trying to you know, the, the, the Sean Watson sweepstakes, they were called. Just complete lack of investigation for what I imagine for them would have just been sweeping it under the rug, six-game suspension, and then you have a arguably top-five QB. So that's the interesting point that I'm glad you brought up is, like, I remember this is probably like a year and a half ago once like the whole Houston thing was flaming out with the Texans and Deshaun Watson. There was like rumors with like the Dolphins, other teams that he was going to be moved because it made sense for Houston. You had to like kind of rebuild, trade your star QB, get assets, that whole like kind of scenario. And then when the first wave of allegations dropped, there was kind of like a pause where it's like, oh, I guess Deshaun Watson kind of like sit on the Houston shelf and we'll just see what happens. And then there was like the remember like there was like the momentum like oh like this woman's claim was like cleared or like kind of like like I don't it was either, like I don't want to say forgiven but kind of just like oh like not enough evidence to support it not enough evidence like here Michael yeah go ahead um with the earlier cases since they were tried on an individual basis every time there was anything that could have possibly exonerated Deshaun Watson it was. Um, it was spread like you wouldn't believe it by a bunch of Twitter heads who, I guess, you know, I don't want to, they're misogynists. I'm going to call a spade a spade. Yeah. A bunch of misogynists on Twitter, a bunch of people who don't know what they're talking about. But point is, anytime you had any evidence that could have possibly exonerated Deshaun Watson, um, people wrote with it. People wrote with it. And they were saying, oh, there wasn't enough evidence in this trial. There wasn't enough evidence in this trial. Sure. That at the time of the signing, there was, I believe, I could be completely wrong, but from what I remember, there was four accusations. Yeah, I um, think it was, I think it was like 20 something, but then at, at one point they cleared it to all but four. Like it was one of those where like there was a large or is that later? Because it, it's that's later, very, that's later. Okay. Um but yeah, it that, was that actually that that is actually very recent. That's a very recent development. Yeah, it was um, only a handful we'll, we'll touch early on. on. Yeah. Early on, I'm pretty sure it was four, it could have been a little more but the full scope wasn't known. Um, so it just ties back to just a complete lack of investigation done by these teams trying to get, a, you know, a, it, it became a business decision where they could skirt um, any moral or frankly legal ramifications uh, as we are gonna see with the uh, suing of the Texans. But um, they're trying to skirt any and all um, consequences of the deal. And it would end up being a, um, for example, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, right? We know that guy in the past did uh, some very questionable things. The guy still had an NFL spot for about 20 years, considered one of the greats. People barely mention it when it comes to his legacy. Um, in my opinion, of course, it's just my opinion. It seemed like they were trying to accomplish that, right? Sweep it under the rug. And as much as we don't want to admit it, that is possible when you're an NFL superstar. And that is possible in the current landscape when it's fanatics upon fanatics that would forgive everything just to see their team win, especially the Cleveland Browns because of what that organization, that, or that organization's history and that organization's um, lack of success for the period of time it's lack of success. 
Well, and that's honestly a good point because I feel like, you know me, like every time we do an NFL episode, I love comparing things to the NBA. I feel like the NBA, like not to like brag here, like the NFL is a more popular, absolutely. Do they get better ratings? Yes. But if you're talking like who's the more professional league when it comes to like holding people accountable, when it comes to making sure that their players are following protocol, disciplinary procedure, the NFL is really, really lagging behind. And this comes with a bunch of stuff. This is like the, like not to bring in like multiple isms here, but this comes with the Rooney rule being so outdated. It comes with the John Gruden stuff and the way they miss the NFL mishandled that it comes with this instance right here, where it's like every time there's a scandal against the NFL, instead of dealing with the problem itself, the answer is always either deny it exists in the first place. It's, defer it and pretend like it never happened or just try to mitigate the actual impact it has and basically think like in a week's time it could swept under the rug nobody cares anymore I think for me I don't know what your reaction to this is my biggest problem with this Deshaun Watson thing is of course we all know this is an allegation like these are all allegations so we cannot say like Deshaun Watson did this or did not do this there needs to be like the trial and there needs to be full-blown evidence but when there's this volume and this number of women coming out, that implies pattern. That implies multiple instances, a repeated behavioral decision by Deshaun Watson. And I remember there was a press conference with like Watson's camp shortly after like that New York Times article got published with kind of like the full timeline and full breakdown of like Watson's behavior. And they were like, in the end, like, the truth will set us free. Like the light will truly shine. Like there, it was these very broad terms, like saying like, at some point this will get resolved. Don't kind of make assumptions until we actually, you know, like get to the end of the road and get to the, the truth. And basically the, the talking point was Watson's camp was kind of all for this vague terminology of like seeking the truth and not making assumptions. And then you have this New York times reporter and women coming out with like concrete facts, dates, numbers, amount of money given times it you're looking at kind of two different sides here with two different justifications and i think i mean i don't know michael what is your reaction to kind of like the sample size that there's this many women this many claims and it's gotten to like this big of an outbreak i apologize i was correcting an earlier statement um there were more than four lawsuits but when the time Felipe signed them Anyways, uh, I'll, I'll get the exact number in a second. But um, yes, 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 yes. Um, they were. Uh, you're gonna play on the side of innocence, right? You're not gonna admit to guilt. You're not gonna admit to that, especially. Um, and it's what twenty six. It's twenty six women. 26 women aren't lying. It's a big, um, it's a big sample size. Like it, that's the problem. We do have to mention, and we will mention now, I think is a good time to bring it up, that all but four of these cases were settled out of court. That is right, yeah. legally these civil sexual or civil sexual misconduct cases, there wasn't any Deshaun Watson is not been tried under criminal court if i believe these have all been civil lawsuits all but four were settled out of court the four who haven't settled claimed it was a very aggressive nda the reason why they didn't settle 
That's concerning. While yes, they did settle out of court, each around $100,000 to settle out of court. That is, you can, that, you can make the argument that that is hush money. You can make that argument. Legally, I'm not making it. <laughs> I'm making the argument. Um, that's hush money. That's hush money. Um, well, especially when they have mentioned such an aggressive non-disclosure agreement, you'd have to think that either the legal team involved didn't believe that their case was strong enough, not in terms of a believability standpoint, because I personally believe this all happened. And I, but maybe the legal team behind Deshaun Watson was just better. And with $230 million, X amount of signing bonus, his contracts prior, he has the money for an outstanding legal team. Um, and I believe almost everyone, if not everyone involved in this case, um, from a, the, the accusers, um, I guess the victims, you know, uh, everyone on the non-Deshaun Watson side is all represented by the same attorney. I believe I'm not quite sure, but I remember reading that somewhere. But the point is, maybe there was some discussion where the strategy is take the settlement because if this goes, if this goes extensive, we either don't have the resources or we don't have the, um, we just don't have the ability to argue that Deshaun Watson did this, even though from an outsider's perspective, it looks like he did. And I honestly believe that he did. It may just be a matter of law. When I say law, I'm talking about the practice. I'm not talking about the actual rules. It may just be a matter of their lawyers are going to outlawyer our lawyers. If we get into this, we're going to lose. I think, I think what stands out to me, and I think what we could talk about now before we kind of do like a timeline of kind of like, the the argument of this is honestly the most breaking development where now the law a lawsuit has been filed against the houston texans and they're basically making two claims here number one is that deshaun watson's behavior in the, in, in the quote of the lawsuit was disturbing predatory and incriminating pattern with a multitude of female victims but then the second point which is the most egregious the nfl hasn't responded to it yet but the idea that the texans basically helped Watson contribute to this pattern of and the behavior that he did potentially against these women. What's kind of the reaction on your end to that news that now there might be, you're talking now something completely different where in the past with some players, it's been like the player did something individually, uh, one-to-one ratio where it's player with victim, et cetera. You're talking now a player and the potential legal incrimination of a football organization, an entire team and an organization helping out Watson. This lawsuit's interesting um, because there wasn't any grounds to sue the Texans until the investigation. Uh, there wasn't any grounds to sue the lawsuit before the investigations, except during the, it's not really trials, but more so interview process and investigation process, it had come out that the Texans had paid for Deshaun Watson's hotels, for Deshaun Watson's extended spa visits, for Deshaun Watson's time away 
during the times and during the and the places the, where these alleged sexual assaults occur. Um, and to that end, I don't think it's fair to argue that the Houston Texans as an organization are inherently predatory, but it is a fair argument to say that they're neglectful and they're, they did contribute to this and they are to be held responsible in some way. Don't think it's an organizational issue in terms of um, sexual assault, but I do think it's one of negligence, one of poor management. Um, it's one of letting your star do the star, do the thing, do he, whatever it is he's going to do and ask no questions because he's a star, um, which falls under poor, man poor management, yes, but should be stated. They do, they did have a, they did have a hand in this financing uh, Watson and a lot of the situations that he found himself in and the women found themselves in. I think so another interesting thing about this lawsuit too is the basically like the Texans providing the services and basically even though the Texans had their own stadium their own facilities like they let Watson kind of like do his own thing and they allegedly knew about the Instagram messages and like the, the direct messages to certain therapists I still can't get over the the team side of things because like as an organization like if we're focusing on a little bit on the organizational aspect here like some organizations have been under fire recently like member like you know like washington commanders with some of the stuff behind the scenes on their end but this is like completely different like i don't think in nfl history we've had an organization like this potentially be liable for this much uh sexual assault alleged sexual assault against all these women, like, I don't, that, this is unprecedented. Um, one more time, just to clear up what I said earlier, earlier, uh, Deshaun Watson had a majority of his um, accusations at the time of signing, all but four. So not four, all but four. Um, yeah. I, I can't really, like, I, I, I agree with what you say. I have nothing to add. Do you want to, I think now would be a good time to go over the timeline for this. Like, what are some of like the big sticking points or the big like events that start to you like kind of in this development? Because this honestly has gone back, like the New York Times report, I think the craziest thing is that it goes back all the way to 2017 as early as Wat Watson's rookie year. I think the fact that this is stretching, like that's another thing with this case. I don't know if that stands out to you too. It's not just like, the the number of women making claims but it's also like this is spanning potentially over half a decade from 2017 to this year in 2022 i think that's another kind of component that gets lost here is like that's also a, a lot of like sample size when you're talking about time um i apologize for my curse word um deshaun watson is a fucking weirdo oh you can oh you can curse on this pod especially for yeah, yeah. uh we curse for Kyrie and we curse for anyone like Deshaun Watson. So <laughs> Deshaun Watson's a weirdo. Um, in a lot of the proceedings and a lot of the investigation process, from a lot of what was shown to the public, that guy is not like he he's the he, the way he he was like talking and the way he was answering questions, like that guy's not like. I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems very fishy. There's not much of substance in what I'm saying right now, but 
just off vibes and off um, just the way he was answering questions and kind of how he was talking about women and about the situation at hand was um, questionable, was questionable. Uh, in terms of timeline, the major sticking points obviously comes, uh, the first lawsuit followed quickly by a couple more. You have, even before that, Deshaun Watson was holding out because he didn't want to play for the Texans. That's like interesting because the Texans had no leverage. There was nothing on Deshaun Watson's character when he started holding out. He's just holding out because he doesn't want to play anymore, is what the public knew, right? And it's, you know, as a Browns fan, you're like, yay, let's go. Real quick, I didn't, even, I didn't even think about it like that, not going to lie. Like, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't know. When he starts yeah. holding out, it's, it's purely a contract dispute. It's purely a, I don't want to play for this organization because it's failing. To his credit, that organization did fail him on the football field. Looking back at it, maybe he should have taken a call, you know, maybe it's fine that they failed. That being said, that, you know, on the football field, Deshaun Watson was not getting help. That's a whole different argument, whole different argument. Point is, he starts holding out before anything even happens. Um, nothing happens for a while, right? It's just a, oh, Deshaun Watson and the Texans have, you know, this is uh, at the end of last season, I believe. End of last season. Text, uh, relationship between Houston and Deshaun Watson is really rocky. Deshaun Watson demands a trade. Allegations start coming out. Um, allegations start coming out about Deshaun Watson possibly being involved with some sexual misconduct at a spa, right? During a massage. Timeline. Every day it feels you just get a new case, right? You you get women who feel now that you know there's people talking about it. Yes, I was also a victim, right? This happens for a while where it's just women start speaking out. Women start speaking out. It feels like it's happening, you know, one after the other. Well, not it to make a quick, it- not to make the comparison here because we don't want to assume anything, but it was very like Harvey Weinstein, Me Too, like where it was like once like a couple women came out, it was like a snowball effect where more and more kept coming out. I think this kind of like happened similarly with Watson, where it's like once there was like a, f- a few handful of cases, pretty soon like the floodgates opened with all these women with all these stories that I think that's still like incredible. I think it's today, it's still today, like the volume. Yeah, I mean. Like it's gonna happen, right? Some women are are scared, are are you know, it's this it's this thing that's horrible that's happened to you, and, and you don't want to talk about it, much less relive or relive it, much less talk it about talk about it. Um, especially with someone as powerful and someone as at that time universally loved as Deshaun Watson, right? It's like accusing Bill Cosby of sexual assault or saying that Mike Jackson Michael Jackson was a pedophile, right? Um, it's one of these things, obviously, not to the same degree as those two, but at the time, Deshaun Watson is an NFL superstar. That guy, when he plays, lights up the field, et cetera, et cetera. Snowball effects, snowball effects starts. Even with then, the Houston Rockets, no, the Houston Texans have not given up on Deshaun Watson and they're still trying to make amends. Deshaun wants out of Houston completely. Deshaun wants out of Houston completely. And that became what's known as Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Uh, sweepstakes. Bless you. At the time, a, 
<laughs> Dominic just just sneezed off camera. <laughs> Sorry, yo. I was just um, talking me. Um. Okay. Then a couple months go by. It's just you hear some stuff about Deshaun Watson possibly settling. This one court rules no. This other one inconclusive. Cases start to dwindle, but at the same time, there's still substantial evidence and a lot of new evidence being added semi-regularly. At one point, it becomes kind of a lull for a while. And that's when the sweepstakes really kick into gear. The offseason this year, we hadn't heard much. And then you just, you know, you hear, oh, uh, X team is making a play on Deshaun Watson. I think it was New Orleans, Atlanta, Panthers, Dolphins, Browns. Yeah, by the way, I want to talk about that real quick. How wasn't it weird how with the Deshaun Watson stuff, like it went super quiet all this past season. And then like right when the offseason hit, it was just like rumorville, rumorville, rumorville. And it was kind of like this, like it, it, it kind of like there wasn't really rumblings in the season. Like, like there wasn't like like momentum for any Deshaun Watson move, at least from what I remember. Like, even if we even if there was like some like light discussions like we didn't think any big move would happen at least not at the time in terms of trade deadline there was i believe there was some question about whether well it was like the dolphins and like maybe the panther it was like only like two or three teams max there was no but it wasn't the sweepstakes that it wasn't yeah it was it was all talks and it was it was grumblings it wasn't like actual substance yeah you're right um then offseason hits everyone starts trying to make a play to sean watson i guess they, I don't know. Um, it could be that they see that not much is happening in terms of civil suits and some are getting dismissed. So teams are willing to risk, uh, risk for a potential generational talent. Maybe at the same time, a lot of that um, quote unquote silence that's happening at during this time is just investigation, is just how investigations go. There's going to be a time where people are gathering evidence and you're not going to hear anything from anyone for a while because both parties are making their case that's standard procedure and maybe the risk assessors of each nfl team valued this as a worthy risk to take and then there was five teams that just all made a push for watson slowly but surely you get ruled out with like two or three days eventually cleveland browns get ruled out and i'm happy because i'm a you know like i said i'm a baker fan that's another thing that needs to be discussed. We'll leave that to after, though. Oh, yeah. No, um, there, there's a whole Browns, Cleveland Browns section on yeah, what the yeah, hell yeah, happens yeah. next with this team. <laughs> Don't worry. But, but before then, before then, on purely Deshaun Watson, the Browns are out of the running. Then it's just Atlanta. And nothing happens. And then, <laughs> and then they announce, oh, Cleveland's back and they won. Uh, five years, $230 million fully guaranteed. First year, the contract is only give, $1 million. Didn't they give up draft picks, too, to make the trade work? They had to go. It was a trade. Yeah, 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 yeah. They give, them, they give them multiple picks. I remember this. Yeah, it was like two firsts. But the point is, um, it might have been two. I'm not exactly completely sure about the trade. At this point, it's kind of irrelevant. Um, yeah, right. Point is, they literally gave a Brinks truck to Deshaun Watson. Fully guaranteed. Only $1 million the first year is incredibly crucial. Because that means the Browns looked at what was happening and said, this guy's going to be suspended in part or in full his first year, meaning he is likely in some sort of way guilty. That being said, 
we're still going to sign him. Backlog his contract. So he signs with us. Or back, yeah, backlog, right? Yeah, backload. Backload, yeah. backload. Backload his contract. So he signs with us. And then um, he sits out the first year. He sits out the first year. It's whatever. Dude, and, and real, real quick, the backloading is interesting. I'm not going to make an assumption, but do you think this had to do with what's going on with kind of the civil suits? The idea, like, obviously, obviously. Like it, um, it, that's even scarier, too, is like, I guess the Texans, you can argue, like, they might may or not may not be complicit, whatever. But I wonder if Cle- like the fact that Cleveland made that decision implies like they know like Watson effed up. Like they know Watson clearly is going to be suspended in some fashion. The NFL is going to lay down some punishment. I didn't even realize they backloaded the contract. That's that's crazy. And, and real quick to clarify on the move. So on May 3rd, Deshaun Watson was traded with a 2024 six rounder. The Browns gave up the 13th and 107th pick in this past draft and a future first and third rounder in 23, a first and a fourth rounder in 24, and agreed to pay him the 230 million. Yeah, they gave up a lot for Watson. Like it was a pick swap, right? It was a pick swap in the years. Well, regardless, like they gave up even if there were swaps or not swaps, like they they no, I think I think one of the first, I think one of the first was a pick swap. Well, either way, two first, a third, a fourth, another first, yeah, another yeah, sixth, yeah, yeah, yeah. and paying him two hundred and thirty million. And exactly a month and four days later is when the Jenny Vrenta's New York Times bombshell article comes out. And then you fast forward twenty more days later, and you've got we're recording this before the Watson hearing with the NFL, which is tomorrow, aka Tuesday, the twenty eighth the news today that came on the 27th with the lawsuit against the Houston Texans. Like this is kind of like escalated in the past two months more than any other story. I think we've covered before on this pod NFL or NBA or anything real quick. And I want to, you know, I've been making a lot of like side jokes. I've been making a lot of, you know, little interruptions to my speech. I want to delve here purely seriously with no, sarcasm in my tone no irony no nothing and i do want to talk about the fact that with the supreme court's provision and repealing of the roe v wade court decision this presents a very interesting time for women where women's rights are now being attacked at a federal level there has been talks of further further looking at Supreme Court cases dealing with contraception, dealing with uh, homosexual relationships, homosexual marriage or gay marriage. Well, because of, of that 14th Amendment clause that basically like gives us the right to privacy and the idea like, well, if that was justified for Roe v. Wade, they could justify for a multitude of rights that were given as part of that 14th Amendment provision. Yes. And right now, with all of that in the air, it is a very dangerous time to be in the position that the people coming out on the Deshaun Watson case are in, where your rights are being attacked at a federal level, and on an NFL level, there are so many people on a, like in the fan base who are going to defend their quarterback for the sake of them being their quarterback and who are, are fanatics through and through of the team 
and, and who frankly and without sugarcoating could not care less what happened to these women so long as the Cleveland Browns went fo- like win football games. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not even being like the stereotype for the NFL fan base, but if you look at it, like the average NFL fan, let's be respectful here, is just not in like either they don't care or they just don't have an interest in these sorts of issues. Like we've seen this happen before with like the Kaepernick crap and kind of like, should the players be able to like kneel or stand for the flag? And remember how there's the whole outcry over that. Like players, like the fans don't give three shits about this. They're they're just here to watch the football games and they will root for their stars and for their teams, even if it means kind of not going to say cover up, but even if it means trying to like mitigate or like portray less what's going on with some of the stuff that's happened behind the scenes and off the field. That leads me to the leaked document yesterday revealing that the NFL plans to give Deshaun Watson a one-year suspension. Is it an I, – I, I completely – I think it should be longer. One year only? I don't know. Deshaun – or not Deshaun. Roger Goodell. Is an about idiot. About a year ago. <laughs> Roger Goodell, about a year ago, said that Deshaun Watson will not be making the NFL's extension list. Meaning, you know, he can't play. During um, during the investigation. If the – NFL is preparing your one-year ban. Before I get into whether it's a lot or a little, spoiler alert, it's a little. Um, it is important to note that by the NFL targeting the suspension, they are trying to resolve the matter. They are trying to say whatever happens with Deshaun Watson civilly does not impact his career in the NFL. He could be guilty. He could be innocent according to the court of law. We're going to suspend him for a year, then there are no consequences. I want to get into real quick, because you mentioned like kind of the Roe v. Wade bit. We don't like cover politics a lot on Duncan with Dom. Like it's mainly all like basketball stuff. It's making fun of Kyrie Irving and the the gimmicks with the NBA and the NFL and all that stuff. But there's been like a bunch of crazy stories in like the past year and a half on Duncan with Dom that like it's been cool to cover like the Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor controversy with the NBA that's happened before. We were both on the pod together for, I think it was week three with the John Gruden news and kind of like that whole email scandal. Like we haven't even done an episode yet on like the Washington commanders, just like the shit show with their franchise and all the stuff they've covered up and all the changes happened there. I think out of any story we've done in the past year and a half on or off the court or on and off the field, this is one of I, this might be the most just like holy shit this can't be real if you're just looking at all the facts you're looking at the timeline this has spanned even longer than this pod's been in existence with just like this started like when the, when this pod was created Watson was in the middle of that suspension waiting for kind of like the next step either to move out of Houston or to remain in Houston and deal with those allegations that's how far and how long kind of this process has been and. I think like the time of this recording is super interesting. A couple of days after Roe v. Wade was overturned, the climate for women in America today, and even with Watson's camp, how the fact that it took all of these women to come out against Watson just to push the idea, like kind of just like to make their voices heard in the first place, shows like 
the obstacles and the and the the circumstances that women face, whether it's with a situation like this or, uh, you know, just with anything in daily life. I think this Watson case, as much as like we don't want to say like oh like sports and politics should be left separate. I hate I hate when people say that. I think this is a perfect example right here where we're seeing how the NFL, what's happening with this Watson case, is the is an almost immaculate representation of what's going on in the real world right now and with the nfl yeah uh beautifully put beautifully so put. i think i want to focus on because we have like 20 minutes left i think i want to focus on purely the football aspect of this and i think we, we need to start with first off from the browns perspective how does this team move forward and we're not even talking like we're talking all this all the fundamentals here it's the culture of the team where you have this looming watson situation the Baker Mayfield thing is super interesting if we're like kind of changing gears here to more like football logistics where Baker Mayfield's like kind of like unhappy. He's not going to be extended with the team. We don't know what the situation is with that. Um, you look at the Browns coming off that disappointing last year where you kind of like fought with Watson. You can have that franchise QB build from the ground up again. And now that's not happening. Like, as, as a Browns organization, you give up all these assets, you sign Watson to this huge contract, you're kind of, like, locked into Watson now, and it doesn't seem like there'll be – like, I don't think the NFL's even thought about giving compensation to Brown, the Browns here for, for anything, for the contract nor the picks. So, Cleveland's kind of screwed, and they're kind of stuck with Watson and kind of this whole situation until things clear up or things resolve itself. Football-wise, uh, Cleveland Browns are fine. It pains me as a Browns fan to say it because, one, I don't want to be supporting an alleged sexual assailant as my quarterback. Puts me and other Browns fans who are in some sort of way socially conscious in an interesting position where we want to root for our team because it's a team we've rooted for before and we're used to the factor of sadness making dumb decisions. But this is the dumbest decision that this organization has made, including like Freddie Kitchens, including what's this guy, Johnny Manziel, <laughs> uh, what Kaiser, the QB Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun Kaiser was fine. We took a flyer on him. It was like a late first, <laughs> or no, early second. I'm my memory's off. I, I don't want to take a joking matter, like a, a serious matter, make it a joke, but I the Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson thing, I guess, like continues the trend of shitty QBs for the Browns, but in like a in a different manner now. Now it's both the, on on and off the court, so it's a uh, it's not looking good for Cleveland here. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. So, looking at it purely football, purely football, purely objectively, Deshaun Watson adds a lot to this team since OBJ and Jarvis Landry both left. We got Amari Cooper with a six-round pick. Or with a third? No, with a fifth. Oh, my God. We fleeced. We fleeced. We fleeced uh, the, okay. the Cowboys. We absolutely fleeced John, uh, the Cowboys. Anyways, Jerry. John, Jerry. Bro, I've been watching too, too much MMA. I'm thinking John Jots. <laughs> I was like, you need to um, sleep, man. <laughs> yeah, bro. Anyways, okay. We fleeced. We got Amari Cooper. We still uh, we I believe we franchised... David Njoku. Um, we signed Jakeem Grant to be a returner, which is, you know, was a huge point uh, of emphasis last season where we didn't really have that good return men. Biggest thing, though, was the um, carousel of quarterbacks we brought in. 
because it's not just the Sean Watson. And people only talk about the Sean Watson because that is the most important story and where are the coverages right now. We brought in two more quarterbacks. We brought in Jacoby Brissett, who has been a starter in the NFL for multiple teams and is largely considered one of the best backups in the NFL. Well, we brought uh, in Josh Dobbs. Real quick, apparently it came out he might be starting today. Like, he might be the Cleveland starter if uh, the Watson thing goes to hell and if uh, and if Baker's still on the team. They're still going to they're gonna put Brissett over him. That's big. We also signed Josh, Josh Dobbs. What does that mean? We have a backup. We traded Case Keenum away for a sixth-round pick, late-round pick. Um, the fact that we signed Jacoby Brissett, the fact that we signed Josh Dobbs specifically, and we had another quarterback um, that we drafted that was on our team for a while. Or he might still be on the practice squad since teams haven't been reduced down to 50, 53 yet. Um, anyways, the fact that there's a QB camp, such an intensive QB care, like camp in Cleveland, specifically three quarterbacks that we paid capital for that wasn't just a draft flyer, while having Baker Mayfield under contract for one more year means that Baker Mayfield, who was promised that the Browns were moving with him, that he's the future of the organization, is not the future of the organization. Jacoby Brissett being Jacoby Brissett's not a backup when you have Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield. Jacoby Brissett, you don't bring in Jacoby Brissett if you have both those quarterbacks. That means one of those two is getting moved. You just got Deshaun Watson, you're not moving him. You just spent so much capital on Deshaun Watson. It means Baker Mayfield is gone from Cleveland. In fact, I predict that by the time OTAs roll around, we're uh, Baker's holding up. Baker's not going to participate, and the Browns are going to be faced with a decision: cut him and take the, was it, however much he's dealt. He has, the, I think it's like six million he's making this year, and take the cap hit and just have that dead money, um, because you still have to pay him, or release him. Right, you release him. Or and or dump them to like or dump them to some crappy team that needs a QB like at like Atlanta. <laughs> yes, but every t- no, Atlanta well, signed. Well, uh, doesn't Atlanta have Wentz? Yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta had. A, I'm, not sure. uh, oh, I gotta, I'm not sure. I remember they had a good quarterback. Oh, they have Mariota. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, 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 an actual good quarterback. I remember them having a good quarterback. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. Now I have to figure this out. No, I think well, so, regardless, Matt Ryan. No, no, wait, wait, Matt no, Ryan. No, he's on the Colts right. now. Yeah, you're right. Um, no, I, I think it's I think it's Mariota. <laughs> Marcus Mariota, right? It's yeah. Marcus so Mariota. so so like I think the problem I think the point you alluded to is that if you're Cleveland, I feel like you're still going to be fine even if you just have Brissett as your QB because the writing on the is on the wall. Watson is going to either be suspended suspended for a year and then back with the team. We we would we we're going to assume that we, we really don't know with what's going to happen with this legal situation, but with the amount both that you gave up and also the, that contract and what's going on, I don't even think a team would want Deshaun Watson at this point. So you're not moving him regardless with that contract and with that legal trouble. And you already signed Brissett, you signed Dobbs. It seems like Baker's kind of like the odd man out here. I would expect by I would expect by August that Baker is either cut and signs with another team that needs a QB 
maybe he goes to like Pittsburgh and kind of competes with a starting job there. Maybe he goes to Atlanta, competes with Mariota. I mean, that would be a pretty interesting one. Is that one maybe back up to Sam Darnold in Carolina? There, there's there's different options here for Baker, but I think for Cleveland, like my real question is then before we move on to like the last question here is what's kind of like the path forward for the Browns here? Because the AFC, I argue, is pretty competitive this year. Like I think the NFCs might be a little bit more top heavy, but the AFC is definitely more like harder to get into the playoff picture. And now with – I was, well, I was going to say now that this uh, with this whole Deshaun Watson situation, you were banking on Watson to be an upgrade from Baker Mayfield. You're now kind of riding on Jacoby Brissett and kind of like holding down the four and maybe go like 10 and seven. Like what's the, what's the Browns outlook here? Do you think for the season? Okay. So um, I'm going to touch on the Baker thing real quick. Baker, um, the Browns don't have any leverage with any other team because Baker is clearly not needed in that organization. And that organization is clearly outcasted Baker Mayfield. What does that mean? No team is going to give up any draft capital. Why would you? Baker Mayfield is worth a first-round pick in the NFL. Why would any team be dumb enough to give them a first-round pick when Baker Mayfield is not going to play for the Cleveland Browns this year? His contract expires. He's a free agent. He gets cut. He's a free agent. You have to lowball a trade. You have to offer a bit, like, rather, the Browns have to accept a very lowball offer. Like a seventh rounder. <laughs> like anything. You take anything for the final year of Baker Mayfield. The only teams I can see doing it, the only team I can see doing it is the Seattle Seahawks. Because that is a place where Baker can thrive. That is a place where they have a run-first approach. Well, Baker, yeah. They have a run-first approach, which is similar to what Baker's doing in Cleveland, just with the Significantly worse O-line, significantly worse running back, significantly worse team around. Well, and well, and real quick, I mean, to add on to that, uh, you look at Seattle's, like, kind of, like, direction for their franchise with them rebuilding, with them, uh, like, hitting the reset button here. They could just decide to move on and kind of, like, take a flyer on Baker Mayfield here take him for a year. If he's good, you re-sign him to a longer-term deal. And if you don't re-sign him, then you can kind of just, like, let him go without giving up any assets. Uh, yeah, I apologize. It started raining. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Okay. Um, yeah. In terms of Baker, that's kind of what it is, right? It's a matter of what, what are teams willing to give up for it? Because at this point, it's not going to be much. Um, outside of that, in terms of the actual just Browns, how they look in the AFC picture this year, you're playing, uh, you're playing Jacoby Brissett. You're playing Jacoby Brissett. It's the team is so loaded. The team is so stacked. The team was built for Baker Mayfield, who, according to people, everyone inside the organization, they did not believe, right? The team was made for what the Cleveland Browns perceived to be a game manager to succeed. That's still the best running back duo in the NFL. One of the best lines in the NFL. Amari Cooper, an emerging Donovan Peoples-Jones. A fresh contract, David Njoku. Harrison Bryant still. Like, the offense is loaded. The defense, they just re-signed Denzel Ward. They, yeah, no, Jadavion Clowney's back. We got uh, Chase, Chase Winovic from the, from the Patriots. That, Stephen Weatherly signed. 
That is a fantastic defensive line. That is a fantastic defense. That is arguably on paper, like that is a top five team on paper built to be game managed, which Jacoby Reset can do perfectly. That guy's, he's going to give you first downs. He's not going to give you touchdowns. That's fine because the offense can give you touchdowns. The Browns are going to be fine. They're not winning the Super Bowl without Deshaun Watson, with the Jacoby Reset, but they can easily make it to the playoffs in an AFC that, or in an AFC North where the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't going to do anything with Mitch Trubisky, where the Ravens can have 10 freak injuries in a day, we've seen, where the Bengals are clearly going to regress because this was a fluke Super Bowl run or finals appearance. The Browns can do it. It's not a matter of whether the team can or cannot do it. Kevin Stefanski is a great coach. He's working with a lot of what he worked with to get the Vikings to the Super Bowl. Well, and one thing we saw from uh, this past NFL season, I think we can both agree upon, that AFC playoff picture, like after the fifth seed, all those teams were kind of the exact same. Like, Like, it was a bloodbath between, like, the fifth best team in the AFC and like the 10th best team. So if, if Cleveland could just stay in the hunt and stay in that range, they're probably be in a good position. So we'll have to just see. So my last question for you is of course, if we're tying all this up to the Watson situation, I think the last perspective that needs to be talked about is the NFL's perspective, because we know the scenarios that have happened in the past with Roger Goodell. We know all of the scandals that have happened under his administration, uh, whether it's the Ray handling of Ray Rice and how that whole crap show went down, whether it was Greg Hardy, whether it was Elliot's case, we've seen this before. Like, is there even like, what is the justifiable thing the NFL should do? And do you think they're going to do it in due time? Once we kind of find out all the information with what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Second question. No. First question. Um, I believe Deshaun Watson should be back for two years. Minimum. At the very least, do not plan his banning while the investigation is still going on. What is wrong with you? Um, well, they did that before anyway. with Ray Rice. They, they, they did the same thing with Ray Rice where they had a set punishment. And then when they found out it got worse, like when more evidence came out, they kind of just like kept the punishment like four games, I think. Like this has happened before. The NFL just yeah. doesn't learn. Um, at the end of the day, it's a product, right? It's a better product than Deshaun Watson's on the field. Um, you're taking that PR hit because you're having a sexual assailant play quarterback. So do the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have six Super Bowls. Like, it's, it's at the end of the day, the NFL's bottom line isn't going to get affected because the target demographic that is, or rather the demographic that is afflicted and conflicted due to this news is almost completely outside and completely has or has nothing to do with the demographic that watches the NFL. The people, people, it's not the same market. It's not the same market. And for that reason, the NFL as a business doesn't care because why would they? You think, you think Magalover 645 cares? <laughs> you think all, all those bald guys, you think all those bald guys in the, with the, with the, with the USA flag on Twitter, you know, everything you know, they have the, the goatee, bald, um, white, blue eyes. You think they all? You think any of them care about this? No. And that's the target. That's the target demographic. That's what NFL caters to. 
oh, it's violence on TV, but it's organized violence. That's, it's, it, it's not, from a business perspective, the NFL does not have to do anything. They have to apply a, pun, a slap on the wrist punishment, slap on the wrist punishment to Deshaun Watson for being a bad boy when he clearly deserves some sort of very substantial ban, some sort of negating his contract. He should not be financially compensated for this. That contract by the show, but you have to address that contract. Backloading, backlog, backloading the contract um, so he doesn't lose any money. That is something that the NFL morally cannot forgive. That is, you're, especially when they're targeting a one-year ban on him knowing the contract, Deshaun Watson, the person, does not get affected by this ban. He can't play football for one year, so what? He's nursing an injury, probably. The guy's made of plastic. Like, it doesn't matter. He just gets to be healthier, and he gets to stay in shape. He has world-class equipment around him. He has world-class trainers. It doesn't affect him in terms of his football pride. It doesn't affect him in terms of his legacy. It doesn't affect the Cleveland Browns organization because it's not the demographic that's mad. Rather, the fans of the Cleveland Browns are not the people that are mad outside of a select, you know, there's a Venn diagram, the people in the middle of that Venn diagram, me included. There are others, but let's face facts, it's not the entire Cleveland Browns fan base. There are, there's still going to be people showing up the first energy stadium for the Browns opening night. That is without question. Yeah, it's it's a crazy situation. I think we're definitely going to need to do a follow-up episode because just when we thought this was kind of like wrapping up, it keeps getting more and more crazy. And now that the Texans are involved with this lawsuit, the Watson thing is going to keep going and the NFL still needs to have an agreement on a punishment if there is any. It's going to be a wild, wild next couple of weeks to – see how this story develops but michael it was a good episode as always and it's definitely a story we have to keep keep our uh keep our focus on so thank you for joining the pod believe women y'all